Welcome to All About Data on Federal News Network. Now your host, Jory Heckman. Thanks for joining me this week on All About Data, a conversation with chief data officers and the people who are making data work better in government. On today's episode, a status update on the state of data goals at the Treasury Department's Bureau of the Fiscal Service. Those data goals link up to the Bureau's goals of modernizing how the federal financial management community does business. Here to talk about it is the Bureau's Commissioner, Tim Gribben. It always strikes me how much data plays a central role to the Bureau's mission. So just tell me a little bit more about the Bureau's data goals for the year. What is the Bureau doing to make data-driven decisions a day-to-day reality? So there's a couple things. First of all, we created two strategic plans in the Bureau, one for our data transparency goals and another one for more of our internal data usage goals and and providing enterprise solutions. So I'll touch on some of the things we've been doing with data transparency. There's two different sites that you could go to for data transparency, usaspending.gov which provides more of that details around contracts, grants, and other types of financial assistance awards so that you can see what the federal government is doing across a number of different programs. And the second is, and this is about the data sets and access to other types of financial information, we set up fiscaldata.treasury.gov where that we want to be the central source of information and our data repositories that provides the metadata that you can understand what does this data tell me? What is the quality around the data and how is it collected? One of the things that we accomplished last year, which I'm really proud of, is the if you've seen the Your Guide to America's Finances, which is taking all of this information, the, finan- the financial information of the federal government and putting it in terms that people in the general public might be able to understand about what the government collects in revenue what we disperse, what that means, what does the deficit mean, and what does the debt mean. And we used to have that on something called a data lab. Well, we moved that over to fiscaldata.treasury.gov. And now rather than updating it annually, we update it with real-time information, so more monthly. And so that plus the additional data sets that we were able to add this past year, we have more than 40 now. We have our goal to get at least 70 on fiscaldata.gov. So there's there's a lot we're doing around there to make data more consumable by the American people through this site. And the second goal around more of that, the use of data, one of the things that we report is the way that we create the analytics use cases. So it's one thing to have the data, as we've talked about, and we all have a lot of data, but how are we analyzing it? And so we've been focusing on very specific use cases that that we could use in the Bureau, as well as use cases that other agencies might be able to use from an analytical perspective. And then also when I talk about data, I also like to refer to the evaluation, the evidence act. And we set up an evaluation unit in the Bureau. We conducted our first evaluation last year. So it was valuation helps inform you know, the data that you have, what data that you need to collect. And so our first evaluation that we conducted was about how we can better serve the needs of the the underbanked or unbanked uh, with some of our services. So using some geospatial analysis to understand where the data, where checks are going, marrying that with census data to look at populations, partnering with nonprofit organizations and local community organizations, and looking at how we could redesign some of our services to better meet those needs. So we reused data to be able to serve, which are some of our, as you know, some of our our financial management community, our goals for the community is is how we distribute 
money more electronically and how we collect money more electronically. So all of this kind of builds on each other, have data, we're analyzing it to help improve our services. You know, that checks a lot of policy goals, the Foundations for Evidence-Based Policymaking Act being one of them. But also, it seems to me in hearing that, that that meets the administration's goals of addressing underserved communities and pinpointing that through the data. And that just seems to be a key example of that being put into, into motion here. And then another one, it was I, I mentioned equity. And the second evaluation that we've embarked on in the Bureau is looking at data around how we can define and measure a diverse, equitable, inclusive, and accessible workforce. So all of our DEIA initiatives, we're, we're doing an evaluation using a, a data-driven analysis to understand what our gaps are, what our strengths are, and, and to be able to determine what we need to do to, to be a more diverse, equitable, inclusive organization going to the future. All right. Yeah, obviously has that internal and external uh, components to it. You know, to change gears here again, I know um, whatever the Bureau completes a goal, they add another one. There's always things coming through the pipeline here. And and one of the new goals that we're talking about here is digital collecting, something we saw. Did you notice any significant advantages in doing this over the past year? I did. Yeah. In fact, I, I added the goal. I wanted to add the goal because we saw a lot of success in moving the needle on disbursements. And as you know, we we went big on disbursements and to say uh, the percentage of disbursements that we want to make electronically. And I thought, well, we're missing the collection part of it. When you go out there and you say, this is a goal that we have to achieve a goal in our vision for the future, I think it was through that that we were able to increase the number of agencies that use our e-commerce digital solutions. We added nine this past year. That's everything from online bill payment to digital wallets and mobile applications. It helps us internally to focus on how citizens want to make payments to the federal government and then working with agencies on adopting those solutions that we're providing. And, and I think by publishing this goal helped move that along. All right. Well, promising to hear that, that there's uh, progress made on that front. Another kind of big initiative that we have definitely spoken about in the past is the Bureau's uh, G-invoicing. How is that expected to strengthen the financial accuracy of, of payments, which is, again, a big overarching goal for the Bureau? The challenges that the federal government has had with the, we call them buy-sell interagency, that's what G-invoicing is talking about, when one agency is asking another agency to do something on its behalf. And there was no authoritative source of of those financial transactions, and so they were not being eliminated properly. G-invoicing helps to standardize the terms and conditions of these arrangements, as well as the timing of the finances. So we use the same accounting across organizations. When I was the CFO at the Small Business Administration, it used to drive me crazy that we would use other agencies like GSA and the Department of Interior, but we counted for those intergovernmental transactions differently. And it caused a difference because I had one way of accounting for it. They had another way of accounting for it. G-invoicing helps solve that. I always say in the spirit of accountability and transparency, this is one of the goals that you can see from the progress report we're not doing as well. Now, there's been some challenging challenges with implementing G-invoicing from a software perspective, from a vendor perspective. And so we're not on target to meet our goal that we originally set for ourselves. But I, I always like to look at the bright side of things. So a buy-sell intergovernmental difference is a subcomponent of the larger 
set of intergovernmental differences, and that we have made significant progress on. So back in 2017, fiscal year 2017, there was over a trillion dollars in intergovernmental differences. And as of last year, that, that shrunk to 45 billion. So there's a huge accomplishment in, in that respect. And then when we talk about the buy-sell transactions, that's 13.7 billion of that 45 billion. There's a lot more work to do on G invoicing. It also, by continuing to publish it, it highlights the work that we need to do and the value that's obtained by having a common solution that agencies will use. To look at this in terms of, again, what, what the Bureau has been able to move the needle on here, one thing we have seen in this progress statement is that uh, through shared financial management systems, the Bureau has managed this cost avoidance of more than $600 million back in 2022. Um, can you maybe unpack that a little bit more and explain what that kind of means in terms of uh, the bottom line impact for for other agencies? Yeah, so what that means is just putting in simple terms that if each agency or subcomponent of an agency was running its own financial system, its own procurement system, its own travel system, it would have to fund the licensing costs associated with that, the system development costs, and how you integrate that with your, your other, other systems the resources you have to spend on testing, as well as the personnel costs. And when you are able to centralize that, you achieve cost savings. So that's where that 605 million comes from is rather than each agency having to do all of that, we do that in one case and then provide that benefit to multiple agencies so that that rather than spending money on licensing system development, they spend it on their core mission instead. So they can translate that into delivering more for their customers by using a, a shared service, a shared license, shared personnel, those kinds of things. Yeah, it always ties back to the shared services and the value of doing that. To look at this another way, you know, obviously the Bureau is in a position to flag improper payments before they go out the door and address them. And that is something that has been on a lot of people's minds in the past couple of years, just given what we have seen from COVID relief programs and just the sheer amount of money that has gone out the door. In this progress statement, it looks like things are trending in the right direction. But just tell me from your perspective on things, what is the Bureau looking to do in the coming years to further reduce those improper payments. This focus on payment integrity is, is one of our priorities. And there's two different ways of looking at it. It's stopping a payment before it goes out the door or it's stopping an obligation before it's even made because it shouldn't be made. And the Bureau, we have the Payment Integrity Center of Excellence that looks at developing tools that are helping agencies identify these things. Like we've worked with FEMA, we worked with the IRS as an example. And then we have our Do Not Pay which is a tool that provides a number of databases that helps determine whether a payment should be made or not. Our focus for this year is those were previously in two separate organizations within the Bureau. We're bringing them together under the Office of Payment Integrity, and we're envisioning what does that future of payment integrity look like, and how do we interact with agencies to provide the services that they need, as well as the states who are administering federally funded programs and how do we look across states. So we're thinking about everything from looking across state lines to providing more resources from an analytical perspective within the federal government. So there's a lot on the horizon. The thing that limits us is the financial and personal resources that we have and the ability to, to be able to do that. So we look to be able to provide these services to agencies in a cost-effective way to help 
not just mitigate improper payments, but to root out fraud. So there's a lot. We were constantly piloting and looking at tools. Last year, we piloted a, an account verification tool that says, yes, uh, Jory, that is, you gave us this account. We can identify that that account is something that's yours. And we've we turned that from pilot into program because we've determined that it has been effective. It's tools like that that we're, we're constantly evaluating. And, and we work closely with OMB. We work with GAO on the Joint Financial Management Improvement Plan on what are some of these payment integrity services that the federal government can and should be offering and what, how Treasury can help satisfy that need. Okay, quick follow-up on that pilot that's now gone bigger and better. What kind of verification goes into that? What is the criteria for verifying whether it is, in fact, me or someone else trying to get that payment? This is where we work with the financial management community, so the commercial banks who help us with this. Who, so we use a combination of we have information about disbursements that we make and whether we've made disbursements to a certain account or not. So that's one way. And another way is through the banking community to say, yes, this name is associated with this account. And and so then we can have more confidence that when we're getting an instruction to pay somebody through a particular bank account that we can verify that that truly isn't a bank account that's owned and controlled by that individual by using a couple different methods. So that's what we piloted to see whether that would be effective or not. And we determined that it absolutely was. What are some of the top areas where the Bureau has made the most progress? I would uh, highlight two of them in particular. One is the establishing the financial management QSMO this year, that marketplace, that that is big. And but but actually having set the goal to establish the marketplace in 2022 and achieving it is a huge accomplishment. As well as we exceeded our goal of cost avoidance in the federal government through the use of shared financial management systems. And uh, we we had thought we were going to achieve that this year, 2023. We achieved it last year uh, ahead of what we had planned, partly it's because we've taken on more customers and we've been able to, to leverage that shared service across a larger platform. But, uh, but I'd say those are the two areas that I would highlight. That was Tim Gribben, Commissioner of the Bureau of the Fiscal Service. We're going to take a short break, but we'll continue our conversation when we return. I'm Jory Heckman, and you're listening to All About Data on Federal News Network. Back to All About Data, we're speaking with Tim Gribben, Commissioner of the Bureau of the Fiscal Service. And Tim, we're going to talk a little bit about the Bureau's creation of a Financial Services Quality Service Management Office, or QSMO. As far as the shared services side of things, it really gets back to that mission of uh, taking the burden off of other agencies and taking on that work at the Bureau. Tell me a little bit more of how it goes about doing those goals. The vision for the marketplace is for us to offer solutions and services that comply with financial management standards and and other common capabilities across the financial management sector to make it easier for agencies to focus on their unique needs that support their missions 
through a common set of solutions. And we also are looking for the marketplace to, to add value to agencies by helping with that acquisition process to make it more efficient and a better value on, in terms of being able to execute on an acquisition faster. So the marketplace was launched in December of 2022. And in the marketplace, what you find are the three federal shared service providers, which is Treasury's ARC, our Administrative Resource Center, the Interior Business Center, and also Transportation's Enterprise Service Center. So part of the marketplace is what do federal shared service providers offer? And the other part of it, and this is what's really exciting to me as well, are the commercial providers who are available. And we already have three commercial providers that are offering their services on the marketplace, CGI Federal, HIC International, and just as of this past week, a company called eMentum. We have additional vendors that are going through the onboarding process. And so these vendors are offering financial management solutions and services that agencies can use today. And they are vendors that then you can easily procure through through the GSA marketplace. We are also, we have the marketplaces open for solicitation of the core financial systems that will be cloud-based solutions using these standards, these federal standards. That solicitation is open now, and we expect to have the those vendors available by this summer. So that's also very exciting for us to to envision what this marketplace is and having solutions already appearing on it. We are continuing our mission to provide exceptional operations and financial management services that agencies and the general public need. So from the FMQSMO standpoint, uh, we plan on adding more vendors to the marketplace. Uh, We're looking at our payment integrity tools, providing a more robust and integrated payment integrity experience. That's really what our focus on is the next year or two as we look at further expanding the digital collection solutions that we're able to offer. To zoom out here a little bit, the Bureau has this this vision, they have the progress. There are some other documents here that really outline the, the milestones of progress made and progress in the future here. Of course, I'm talking about the Bureau's uh, four-year strategic plan. The Bureau has its own broader for your vision, let's maybe drill down into a couple of criteria there. You know, it comes down to, at the end of the day, operations. It comes down to data, customers, the workforce. How do all those things kind of align to meet the goals that you guys have for the years going forward? Yeah, so we started, we look at Treasury's strategic plan, the president's management agenda, and then our strategic plan as it helps move those larger goals forward. And so when we released our plan, those, what you mentioned, those four things are the four strategic goals that we set for ourselves. One is also make it really easy to communicate with employees about what our four goals are. We went through a recent realignment of resources through a reorganization. It was a, we called it future readiness. It's looking at the 10-year vision through the lens of what we released the 10-year vision originally in 2018. So we advanced it to 2030 to look at those influences that would be facing the financial management community and how we might need to respond to that. And we looked at, well, within the Bureau, what did we need to do to better align to make sure that we are able to meet the needs of the future and achieve that vision for the future. And it all surrounded on data, customers, workforce, and the way we provide our services. And so that created a alignment where I established a C-suite. So as an example, a chief customer officer, that's what helps set our strategies. 
But bringing that in line with the CFO, the CIO, the chief data officer, and we're we're creating a chief innovation officer and a chief strategy integration officer who helps turn strategy into execution. That C-suite working across the organization to make sure that we're aligned, to provide those common tools and the strategies that we're all following. And then we brought our operations together in one area, break down unintended silos that occurred between our disbursement group and our debt collection group and our, our other revenue collection group. And that's an ex as an example, I mentioned just a little bit ago about bringing Do Not Pay and the Payment Integrity Center of Excellence together. That's part of this whole bringing the operational, bringing the program and services together. And then also looking at our administrative resource center, we brought that together and elevated it up in the organization. So we're better focused on providing value to our customers. So there's a lot that we're still planning on doing with the realignment, but we're all always looking at the vision with the, the lens of how we allocate resources, personnel, financial resources within the Bureau to be able to achieve uh, our goals for the future with the understanding that none of us have all the resources that we want. So you have to make do with the resources that you have in the best way possible. And that's part of what our realignment is looking at so that we're limiting some of those duplicate things that we are doing across the Bureau. Okay, well, 2030, when you think about it, isn't that far away, but you guys are always forward looking here. And so I guess we can close on that being forward looking, what should stakeholders for the Bureau, CFOs, uh, other federal agencies and citizens be on the lookout for in the year ahead? I would say what we're what we looking for is we are continuing our mission to provide exceptional operations and financial management services that agencies and the general public need. And that uh, so from the FMQSMO standpoint, uh, we plan on adding more vendors to the marketplace. Uh, we're looking at our payment integrity tools, providing a more robust and integrated payment integrity uh, experience. That's one of the things that I talked about. We are looking at from a data perspective of being able to provide more data sets, as well as those analytical use cases to make sense of the data that's being presented, and then to help drive down additional costs in shared services. So that's really what our focus on is the next year or two as we look at further expanding the digital collection solutions that we're able to offer. That was Tim Gribben, the Commissioner of the Bureau of the Fiscal Service. You can find more coverage of all things data as well as more episodes of All About Data on federalnewsnetwork.com. I'm Jory Heckman, and thanks for listening to this episode of All About Data. Thanks for listening to All About Data on Federal News Radio part of Federal News Network. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime in your favorite podcast app. Search for All About Data on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows.